0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And we're uh, solo. No, we're not soloing. We're duoing. Yeah, because we're we're missing Mel again. Which has
1: been like a month, but it's been this coincidental thing of of she's out of town this weekend on vacation, and then I was out of town last week, and then, yeah, it just kind of stacked up. And then just today, we're recording this on a Monday, actually, which we don't usually do. On a holiday Monday. Holiday Monday. Uh, because Andrew and I are both here,
0: and then I think we just kind of looked at each other and went, oh, we can get this out of the way. Because we already have, well, normally we'd have the schedule on Monday, but we've had the schedule for the past week. Yeah, because of, of, wait, is it a holiday in the States as well today? No, no, it's Victoria Day today. Yeah, so it's just holiday
1: here, but when that happens, all the distribution arms and everybody goes on vacation, so mm-hmm. you can't book movies on a Monday, so Lee gets a head start and, uh... Does two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. So we've had this information. Actually, this information has been on our website as well, and I kind of just put the um, the calendar up on on our main page of our website and everything. Like last week, so we've had we could have had three up in at the same time, but I held off on that. I was like, oh, I'll let the other one yeah. go past. But yeah, so this will be from Friday, May twenty seventh to Thursday, June second. Is what we'll be chatting about today, amongst other things, I'm sure. So, we'll kick it off with... There's a couple movies on the schedule that I don't know anything about. Except for, I think, just from writing about them a bit online, that they're either critically acclaimed or have won some awards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, at the top of our list is uh, Depan, or Deepan. Not quite sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, And that is a film from France. And is that... No, that's not... Yeah, so that's a film from France, and I believe it was at Cannes.
0: I think it won a bunch of stuff at Cannes and some other places. It's from uh, the director of, I believe it's Rust and Bone. Oh, yeah. And A Prophet? Yeah. Oh, A Prophet was great.
1: I really, we, we had that, mm-hmm. what, about a year ago? <clears throat> yeah. That was just like a, if you're not familiar, was kind of a, a simple film, but it was about divorce. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a culture where divorce isn't quite as easy as it might be here. And it was just a really... Because it's really easy here. Really easy here. Yeah, on a sliding scale, <laughs> Yeah, is, is, is a cinch here, so... But it was, uh, it could have been a play. Very simple, a lot of, it was either like in a courtroom or a home, but it could have been like a, a, a stage play. But it's one of those movies where on paper you think like, oh, that's not going to be very exciting. But it was just, I found it really gripping. So that makes me want to see this movie more mm-hmm. now, knowing that that's... This is
0: about... Uh... A family from Sri Lanka and their are refugees. Uh, Deepan is a Sri Lankan Tamil warrior who poses as the husband and father of two refugees in order to to escape their ravaged homeland. They flee to France and Deepan ends up working as a caretaker outside Paris as they try to make better lives for themselves in a Parisian housing project. Yeah, I've
1: read just from writing a couple blurbs on our social media account. It's yeah, it's a very highly acclaimed movie. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, the second movie I don't know anything about except that it's a uh, Canadian film and an Ottawa premiere is Borealis. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing. It's a kind of a film festival favorite in the last little while. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it takes place in Manitoba. And man, if I remember correctly, I might even know a couple people who are in
0: this movie. Kevin, <laughs> po- Kevin Pollock's in it.
1: Well, Kevin, yeah, I noticed that. Non-Canadian yeah. actor. Non-Canadian. It, it's the... Uh, <laughs> the 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 token
0: the token American, American in the film.
1: that that often happens in a Canadian film or yeah. TV show, yeah. A friend of mine wrote a Canadian TV show, a really good Canadian TV show uh, called Twenty Four Hour Rental, and same thing. It was a lot of Canadian character actors. Yeah. And and then the one token was Michael Bean from Aliens. And, oh, okay. Yeah. But it always seems to be like, you're if you're applying for grants or Canada Council stuff. It's you know you have to have certain percentages of Canadians. Yeah. But I think you can squeeze in one, either famous person or kind of known kind of B person who yeah. will, you know. But yeah, so Kevin Kapolak is the is the
0: American in this film, mm-hmm. and it's a road movie. Yeah, which I always like, especially Canadian road movies. Those do well. Those those have a nice history. Oh, there's a spelling error on our flyer. Oh no! Uh, How on Borealis, after accruing a substantial debt, Jonah, an unpolled gambler. That's yeah. <laughs> takes his estranged, pot-smoking, visually impaired daughter Aurora on a dangerous road trip to Churchill, Manitoba to show her the magnificent northern lights before her disorder renders her completely blind. And then uh, I think Kevin Pollock is a bookie who's chasing them.
1: Okay, yeah. I wonder if that spelling error is from the press release we pulled it from. So it's Yeah, because like, we're cutting yeah. and pasting these <laughs> yeah, things, it. so it's not our fault. <laughs> back Back in the day, we'd write these more, but... They take up so much time, mm-hmm. and I, I I still try to be original via like social media and have some humor or stuff in there. But often, whenever you're putting together these things, it's uh, you have a, a short window of time. And even when I'm when I was away all last week, I'm very guilty of. I, I still try to do the the Twitter daily updates. Yeah, yeah. but often I'm like, oh, I got to go do stuff, and I'll just cut and paste from the day before. So yeah. it's like you'll see that that's your hint. If you ever wonder why those repeat three or four days in a row, I'm busy or I'm out of town and being lazy. So, but yeah, so those are two movies, uh, a foreign film and a Canadian film uh, coming up this week. Uh, so now I could, I for, for myself anyhow, I could kick into movies that I know a bit of stuff about. Um, so next on the list is Sing Street. Uh, this is the latest from John Carney, who, uh, it's always one of those kind of, Oscar winning with an asterisk, but his film Once was an Oscar winner for best song, mm-hmm. and a a very much kind of fan favorite, like a very yeah. uh, I don't know how well the movie did box office wise, but it, I think it did pretty well. I think it did okay, and and I think it's one of those ones where it had a, a hugely selling soundtrack, yep, and kind of gave birth to that um, a music career there, because I think there's been at least two more albums from from the guy from Once. Since then, mm-hmm. um, and then John Carey also did the movie with uh, Mark Ruffalo.
0: Yeah, Begin Again. Begin Again with uh, Keira Knightley.
1: Yeah, which which you know even when you're looking at the poster, it's one of those movies that looks like it's going to be. It's so funny because right before we screened that movie. We screened the uh, Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler spoof of New York romantic comedies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. And the name escapes me, but it was really funny. And they came together. They came together. <laughs> and in the movie, they keep on making jokes about how, like, oh, New York is the third character. And, and you look at Beg- uh, the Begin Again, uh, and it looks like that movie. And it was so funny, because I think I may have even seen them back to back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one on a Monday and one on a Thursday here. But it was a really great, really great little romantic comedy, great music. And I think that's what John Carney is kind of, he's found his niche in mm-hmm. this corner of the filmmaking universe. And so this one, we almost had a little while ago, I remember, and it got pulled. And so we have it back. Uh, it takes place in Ireland. Uh, it's it's music themed. It's in 1985. And um, yeah, I think it's just a kind of a music themed, youthful, uh, romantic comedy Um and yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I've heard a lot of people loving the score.
0: So It yeah. sort of looks like um it's similar to the Commitments. Very much. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's set in Dublin. And yeah, in a movie like that, movie like
1: Commitments was just like the soundtrack was so good. And it's almost like the soundtrack became bigger than the film. Cause the commitments who aren't a real band ended up like they were a Becom- band they went on tour. Yeah. And it's weird, because there's this blur, because you have actors in a movie playing a character, like the lead singer guy was playing a character, and then they went on tour as The Commitments, but he's not really that guy, so it's this weird blurred line of, like, reality in a band, and then afterwards, like, they didn't make more albums, because they're not a real band, they yeah. just went back <laughs> to being actors and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, so I think Sing Street, I hope will do well with this, I think we do well with those kind of yeah, no feel good no. Irish films. Yep, yep. Um, what's next on the agenda? Uh, the Boy and the Beast. The Boy and the Beast. Ottawa premiere. Yes, I'm, it's funny. So as we speak, we haven't screened yet Belladonna of Sadness.
0: No, if you're listening... well, No, I, it'll be no, yes. will it, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be
1: done. <laughs> Hopefully you came to see Belladonna of Sadness. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Don't morning. bring your kids. Don't bring your kids. Or hope you didn't bring
0: your kids. Don't bring your mom.
1: Yeah. then and, and it's just by happenstance, as often happens with bookings here at the Mayfair, within a few days of each other, we're showing an X-rated 1970s adult anime film on a Wednesday, Thursday, and then on a Saturday, Sunday, playing a PG, kid-friendly, fantastical uh, talking bears and fight scenes anime for kids kind of thing. So Boy and the Beast, the, the, the one big bit of praise I've heard, and it's kind of like, might have been in their press release, but it's like kind of their go-to quote that one of the one of the journalists wrote is that the, this filmmaker uh, is like the heir to the throne of, of, of Studio Ghibli and mm-hmm. uh, Miyazaki. Because Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki may or may not have retired, like right. like when anybody did. Retires. We show
0: his quote-unquote last film. We
1: did, but then I think I've read... maybe it's a TV project he's doing. But I read he's doing something mm-hmm. again. But this filmmaker is he he's done a couple of other. Epic fantastical films, which I haven't seen, but have been especially uh, over Japan, have won a few awards and made a lot of money. And it's funny, like movies like that will play here at a rep house and hopefully do well for us. Mm-hmm. But over there are, are big hits, and here you never hear of them except for the most kind of hardcore anime fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've only seen the trailer. I'll be coming to see this on the weekend. But it's it just looks. I love. 2D animation, which we don't get much of anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I like 3D animation fine. I, I love Pixar, and, and there's been, especially in the past couple of years, whether it's uh, How to Train Your Dragon or Big Hero 6, there's been a lot of good 3D, or not 3D, but but CG films. Yeah. But I like anime because you, you could just kind of, you could feel that it's a, you know, it's, it's a real cartoon. It's, it's, it's yeah. I don't even know if they do them hand-drawn anymore, but just that flat, Beautiful, flat color. Looks so good on the big screen. And this just looks like a, a fun, kind of epic, kid-friendly fantasy adventure that's mm-hmm. very much akin to
0: all those Studio Ghibli movies, like Spirited Away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we have
1: that this... Those
0: are uh, matinees, I believe. Yeah. On Saturday and Sunday.
1: Yeah, and, and come out to that, because we always try to book cool things like this, and it always helps when people come out and see them and mm-hmm. we can look at the box office numbers and go oh people do want to see this kind of stuff yeah and and as our go-to joke is that's why we show the room once a month because you crazy people keep coming back to yeah, see yeah the it. room did well this past weekend and that was uh 81 month 81 i do believe i i don't know anymore <laughs> I something like that if i remember correctly Roughly from my yeah. my twitter post yeah. man so I, well, it's still a little while away but like Man, so in a year and a half or so, we'll be at screening one hundred of the room. Yeah, we're getting close to that. And 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 technically, we haven't. We should go back and check because we're more than eighty-one actually. Because we screened it
0: more than one time when Greg was here. Yeah, I think the first month we showed it, we we did like a Thursday night screening, which we haven't done since. Yeah, and so the
1: three times. Well, yeah, twice Tommy was here and once Greg was here, right? Mm. Yeah. So, both times, or both those separate occasions, we showed it more than once. So, really, we might even be up to like, God, we might be closing in on 100 screenings very quickly. Mm-hmm. I keep meaning to, to research this and see where we stand on the world
0: record count of. Oh, we're probably the up there. there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, how many Saturday night cinemas have we done?
1: <laughs> yeah, we took a break, but I think we've done well with them the last little while, right? I think yeah. uh, people, it's always. Um, there there, were, there was some nerd rage when we stopped doing it but mm-hmm. we just couldn't do it we had nothing left to show we had uh, we we ran out of film prints we could show and yeah. nobody could send us film prints anymore without us being charged a fortune in shipping and getting it from the uk or whatever yeah. so and especially when you know 325 people don't come out to saturday night cinema so it's it's a bit more they of should a, they should
0: but uh, yeah, so we have another one of those coming up this Saturday at what time is it at eleven fifteen? And uh, don't ask us what it is. Don't ask us. We won't <laughs> tell you. All you need to know is that it's at eleven fifteen on Saturday, and bring your membership, and you get in for free. If you don't have a membership, you can purchase one for ten dollars, and uh, you get a free movie. That's something far out, and, <laughs> and uh, it, it might cool also
1: and yeah. I don't even know what it is. No, I don't either. I don't. It might also be under the classification of don't bring your grandma. Usually, yeah. Usually, sometimes. Because usually... The last one certainly was. Yeah. I I don't even... Even once they pass, I don't like talking about it because it just leaves this kind of fun mystery of treasure hunting. Yeah. You actually have to come or, you know, talk in person to somebody. Yeah. But, yeah, they're like... They're... Exploitation. Know, what's films. the average? Seven
0: nineteen seventies usually. Uh, y- usually, yeah, seventies or eighties. Yeah. Um. We showed a film from the sixties, a couple months ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're retro films. Um, it's never anything recent. It's always no. you know seventies and eighties usually. Uh, exploitation, Grindhouse. Yeah. Um. What have you? Trash cinema, yeah, for lack of a better term,
1: and often it's stuff that it's just God, especially in today. Like it's just hard to find. Like even mm-hmm. even with our with our nemesis, the home home video or the the home watching. They're movies that
0: you're not gonna find on Netflix. Yeah, you
1: yeah. probably won't find them on iTunes. Or if you order them on Blu-ray, it'll cost you a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll have to order it from. And have the right
0: Blu-ray player to and, show it. But even that, even then, they're they're the kind of films you want to see with an oh, audience. Yeah. Their yeah, audience yeah. pictures.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to. So it makes me even more hopeful that it does well, so it gets to come back. But I am going to be working elsewhere on the night of the Astrologer.
0: Oh, I can't wait for and this I'm movie. I'm so
1: sad because, I I remember watching Sharknado here for the first time. Mm. I remember watching. Uh, Fateful Findings here for the first time, or coming to see just whatever B-grade movies, whether it be Critters or a Friday the 13th film, there's just... You can't beat seeing it here. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, we Andrew and I are, of course, big movie nerds, so yes, we own some Blu-rays, yes, we watch yeah. movies at home, but you can't beat watching it here with mm-hmm. a crowd who's excited to see it
0: and on the big screen. And The Astrologer is not available at all on home no. video. So the if you want to see it june 3rd we don't have the start time yet no it'll, it'll be like it'll be like it'll probably a be a nine nine ish yeah. 9 nine nine thirty um one night only and it's uh, yeah the only place you can see it oh god i hope it does so well
1: that we can bring it back because e- even that like it, it's just man and, and i what was that oh the um, what was the last one that you really liked the one that we uh, dangerous the, men dangerous men so came to see that yeah. and you know you you know it's going to be a drive-in movie you know it's going to be the the kind that quote of oh so bad it's good but my my friend and I sat there and we're just like shell shocked yeah. and just the the horrible music gets in your head and you're trying to make some semblance of the plot line yeah. and my favorite thing and this isn't the first time I've seen it but my favorite thing about movies of that style is it seems like they just have a bunch of random footage and they're editing it together with kind of a plot and then they'll look at their watch and be like, oh, that's 80 minutes.
0: Roll well, credits. Dangerous <laughs> Men just stops. It just doesn't stops. have... Yeah. Dangerous Men doesn't have a beginning and, and a middle and an end. It's no. just 80 minutes of middle. Yeah. When I first saw it, I didn't know how long... Like, when is this going to be over? Yeah. What? Like, there's no, <laughs> no arc, sense. really? Yeah? There's just a bunch of scenes cobbled together. So when it stops, yeah, it just, it's like the credit starts like, oh, that's it. Oh, it's like, it's like it times up.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, a real, it's, it's
0: a movie on a timer.
1: And it's a little like whiplash, like, because the whole audience goes, what? Because I, I remember, like, the, the credits start going and kind of the, the hokey 80s end credit music starts. Yeah. And then the audience just laughs because we're all thinking the same thing of like, what just happened? Yeah. Because usually even like, if you watch a normal Hollywood bad movie, some bad romantic comedy with like, j-lo in it or something yeah at least there is some semblance of a oh here's the beginning yeah there's the conventional myth, structure here, here's the crisis here's the resolution yeah. but not in these movies the, no. these guys did not read that screenwriting book that we've all read that they, didn't, how to do they this. didn't read the
0: robert mckee book no but didn't yeah. take any of those workshops
1: yeah but the astrologer
0: <laughs> has a lot of plot yeah it's about this guy who i think i don't know if he's playing himself or a version of himself yeah and he's an astrologer at a, um, it's been compared to like the jerk. Right. Because it starts with him at a, at, at a carnival. Yeah. And he lives in a trailer like Steve Martin's character. And then he becomes super rich and famous. Right. And uh, for, for being an astrologer. But it, it goes to all these different locations. Like he goes to like Kenya. He becomes like a diamond hunter at one point. So it's got kind of uh, an Indiana Jones it's gonna be so good. angle to <laughs> it. So a lot, ha- I haven't seen it, but but reading about the film, a lot happens in it. Yeah. Yeah, so come come check that out. It's it, it's
1: it's movies like that, even, you know, a different genre, but any any kind of movie that you don't see much of, an old classic movie like that, like when, I still can't get over our, our screening of Purple Rain a couple weeks ago. It was, yeah. It was just perfect. Like, and I'm sure a lot of folks, I, I, I know a lot of folks watched it at home because they mentioned it on Facebook and Twitter and they're like... I already watched it the, the day after Prince died, but I'm coming back to see it with the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. so... Oh,
0: that, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so that was very, very nice and cool of our of our purple-clad fans that day. <laughs> there was a lot of them here, but... But, yeah, so... Um, let's see, what do we miss here? So, uh, completely to switch genres, we'll talk about the other Ottawa premiere we have this week, which is something that has had other documentaries about it, I know, but I think... I don't know if this is the first feature film... Uh, Guantanamo's child, Omar Kadar. uh, it is, how would you describe it? A
0: political documentary? Political war
1: documentary? Yeah.
0: Um, he was held at, uh, Guantanamo Bay. Yes. And is he now free? Yes. And yeah, he was a 28-year-old Canadian. Um, he was captured by Americans in Afghanistan, charged with war war crimes, uh, spent after spending nearly half his life behind bars, including a decade at a decade <laughs> at Guantanamo Bay, oh, Omar Khadr suddenly released. So I guess it's um, a polarizing thing where some people think he's a terrorist and he should be executed, right. and some people think he was uh, yeah. wrongfully Committed. imprisoned. Yeah, and
1: for that one too, which is always uh, makes for an interesting night. We have here both nights. Yeah, Michelle Shepard. Is co-director, here. yeah. The co-director's here both nights, and we we have uh, uh, puzzle-pieced in time for Q&A, so uh, the, du- the co-director will be uh, on hand to, I'm sure we'll do a quick little intro of the film and say hello, mm-hmm. and then if you have any questions afterwards to uh, chat about a horrendously complicated subject <laughs> yep. that uh, I'm sure will not be, be solved or resolved in the uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, or however long we have set aside for... Uh, for the director to speak, but mm. uh, but again, that's something uh, something that doesn't happen in 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 many theaters or all the theaters. I, I love it that we are able to have directors drop by and do that sort of thing. It's a very kind of film school audio commentary kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's where it's if you're of, if you're interested in the subject, you can come and and often you can come and say hello and. If you're a fan of the filmmaker, get something autographed
0: or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, get your, get your, get your, get your Omar Khedir, yeah, your eight by 10 glossy size. We'll have posters. Um, but yeah. Oh,
1: uh, speaking of posters to, to get off topic again, uh, auto comic con was last got uh, two weekends ago mm-hmm. from when we speak right now. Uh, I bumped into the guys who, I can't believe this was like five years ago, but who did the Maximum Overdrive poster for us. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I chatted with them. Uh, lovely guys. And they're just beautiful posters. They were there selling mm-hmm. all these posters. And and when you do something like that, you have to, well, I've chatted with them, learned this. Like, you, you can't just do it. You have to, like, get permission, uh, get all the paperwork figured out, figure out the, what you're paying them. Because if you don't, then they'll find you and be like, oh, you can't just sell a Maximum Overdrive poster, you got to pay for that, you know? So we were chatting and and they were like, saying they would love to do more stuff with us. Mm -hmm. The difficult thing is they said sometimes it takes four to six months to kind of get the paperwork figured out, get everything. So I'm just like, without naming names, just kind of contemplating movies, even though we go week to week, there's some things that I know might be coming a few months from now. Mm -hmm. And well, everybody knows that like, at Halloween, traditionally we screen The Shining and The Exorcist, mm-hmm. so that was one idea in my head. Or we screen Die Hard every Christmas, uh, and then the other thing is—is is I don't know which one we're playing, but likely uh, I know next year there's another Friday the Thirteenth in the first few months of the year mm-hmm. of 2017. So those are just this is com- you know this is not an announcement. These are just ideas I have, yeah. but um, yeah. So it'd be so fun though because it, it would be neat. And they said even if however many posters they print up, even if they don't sell them all at the event, like they still had some Maximum Overdrive posters mm-hmm. for sale. And they say those do really well, especially for collectors, because for whatever reason, like collectors have their weird things. They like posters that have an actual screening, like, like that right, makes right. Them like extra collectible. Yeah. So, man, I think it'd be so fun if a few times a year we could do a do a diehard poster, do a Friday 13th poster and mm-hmm. have it to be original poster and stamped with the Mayfair date and time and all that stuff. So I've, I've dropped them an email and I dropped Lee an email, but I think he might be on vacation as we speak. But, uh, Oh, I think that'd be cool to, mm-hmm. to get some limited edition posters a, a couple times a year. because yeah. that, That's the only posters that look good anymore. That's true. That's
0: the only ones that look good anymore. Cause you see a poster for like, like Captain America well, the new Star Trek poster
1: looks yeah. interesting. It
0: just says "Beyond."
1: Yeah, it has the, uh, the yeah, ship. yeah. That looks really cool. I but I bet you, the next one will be a Photoshoppy head yeah. shot. What? Giant heads. Yeah, you get one. You get like yeah a, a, one generic yeah, yeah looking. You, you get a teaser poster, but like even like you know our 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 friends, our sister theater down at down at the the Alamo Draft House chain, they produce posters quite frequently Mm -hmm. that you could buy online and they're always so cool they're always just you know what movie posters should be and it was like how come the fans are making posters better than the people yeah probably getting paid a lot of money to cut and paste at a junior high level yeah uh you know headshots together that are all looking the wrong way with the wrong lighting and (laughs) i'll do if i meet jj abrams i'm still
0: not going to forgive him for not having A Drew Struzan as the final poster for Force Awakens. I read online uh, Police Academy Two was on TV the other day, and I was looking at the trivia pages on the IMDb, and I had read that um, on the Police Academy Three page. According, I don't know if this is true or not because it's, you know, IMDb, IMDb. But uh, apparently, Drew Struzan's personal favorite of all the posters he designed was for Police Academy Three Back in Training. (laughs) That's funny.
1: And that's the thing too, like you, you associate someone like Drew Struzan with most of the Star Wars posters, yeah. uh, India, uh, not the only Indiana Jones posters, but kind of the iconic Indiana Jones posters and a million others. But he was a working artist, a working uh, yeah. professional, what's the term? Graphic designer, I guess. But, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have, I think it's probably still on the shelf here at the Mayfair, but we have like a coffee table book. And you go through and you see, like, oh, Harry Potter, oh, Hellboy, that kind of thing. But then you see Police Academy and quite a few of those kind of 80s teen sex comedies. Yeah. And his output was amazing, like, how many he made. But even if it's for the worst movie, they're beautiful. Yeah. And it's a shame that Hollywood doesn't get that, like, I can't imagine if Drew Struzan did the poster for Civil War... It would make less money instead of yeah. like, you could still have the headshot. You could still see that it's, you know, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. on the poster. But but yeah, so we have to rely on fan posters and independently produced mm-hmm. limited edition stuff for the nice posters. Even Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw the other day, the poster for it. And it looks like it could be a Drew Struzan poster, but it's just photoshopped. Mm hmm. So you're like, why not just get him to do it? You, you, you got money. You got a $100 million budget, $200 million budget. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll keep you updated on that. Maybe we'll have some news about some cool cool Mayfair merch in the future. Okay, I think we have to... What's left? Uh, oh, you know, Pee Wee's
0: Big Adventure. Pee
1: Wee's Big Adventure. So our next Kids Club Endeavor is coming up this Sunday at 1 o'clock. So that's Sunday, May 29th at 1 p.m., uh, the classic uh, directorial feature directorial debut of Tim Burton, uh, Danny Elfman doing the score, Paul Rubens on the big screen playing the iconic character. It's just great. It's like is if, this the one with Chris Christopherson? No, that's, 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 that's Big Top Pee to, Okay, which I also wouldn't mind showing, but <laughs> to be honest, that's a bit of a blur. I haven't seen that since I was a little yeah, kid. Yeah, me neither. But I think we we if if this does well. Let us know. Maybe if we can get Big Top Pee Wee, maybe we can do that down the line for one of our kids' clubs. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, of course, was in the news uh, recently, again, for the... For,
0: for something... For, not, no, no. That, that was <laughs> a while ago. That was a while ago. Uh,
1: I hate it when people call it a comeback because he's been... He's been working. Terribly busy the past... He's been doing TV and well, movies. And, and, even like, he, he you know, a, a small role in Batman Returns, voiceover in Nightmare Before Christmas... He was in that movie Blow with Johnny Depp as as his
0: uh, business partner. Yeah, he's really good in that. Um, the The Buffy the Vampire Slayer film. He was on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, tons of TV stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, More recently, he was just in uh, Gotham, and 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 he did a a comeback stint as Pee Wee on Broadway that did crazy well. Mm -hmm. That I wish I'd been able Mm -hmm. to see. So it's so funny when people say a comeback when it's like it's like when they said. Birdman was a comeback for Michael Keaton and I'm like did, did you look at his resume he didn't go anywhere but yeah. um, so recently Pee Wee Herman uh, had a movie come out sadly it came out straight to Netflix I would have loved to have been able to screen it here for everybody to see but it was man it, hold, it holds up like he he hasn't really aged no and the movie was cool because it wasn't really in any kind of they didn't bother with continuity it was just another Pee Wee story but, man, it makes you want to watch more Pee Wee. And it just makes... It's one of those things where, for me, I'm like, man, I wish there was, like, seven movies and 20 years of Pee Wee TV. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get tired of that character. And so this will be uh, our Kids Club thing. So if uh, you're already a member, if your kid is already a member, unless you're a 12-year-old listening to this, which maybe happens, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the deal is that you can come just normally. Adults can come, normal prices, senior, member, non-member. If you would like, a kid can come and just pay $5. But for 10 bucks, you can get a membership that's good for a year. And you get to come see a movie a month. So far, we have screened Never Ending Story and Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. And we already know next month we're screening Last Unicorn. Mm-hmm. So movies of that, that ilk kind of so far we're showing kind of 80s kids movies that don't seem that old. Then I realize, oh, yeah, that's a long time ago. So maybe a lot of these kids haven't seen these movies yet. It's always funny the line of who are just people coming nostalgic for their own childhood, who are bringing their kids to see movies they liked when they were kids, or kids just coming to see the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, Pee Wee's great, filled with all kinds of iconic moments. And, uh, yeah, kind of was, I think before this, Tim Burton was, he was a Disney animator doing very non-Tim Burton things like The Fox and the Hound, mm-hmm. and he did a couple short films. Didn't he, didn't he do puppeteering for The Muppets? I, okay, I could be wrong about this. I don't think he did puppeteering for The Muppets, but he did direct an episode of Jim Henson's, or, or, um, oh, what was it called? Fraggle Rock? No, who who's the actress in in The Shining? Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall did a bunch of fairy tale theater kind of things, mm-hmm. which I believe, and I could be wrong eight times in this sentence, but uh, I think Jim Henson was involved, or the Muppets were involved with like kind of the puppeteering in it, and Tim Burton directed one of those, mm-hmm. so that was one of his first early directing things, mm-hmm. and I believe he got that gig off of the strength of he did a amazing short film that he somehow as a unknown. Uh, managed to trick Vincent Price into narrating, probably because he was like, it'll take 15 minutes, you can do it in one take, Mm -hmm. and then I'll leave you alone. But he did a beautiful stop-motion animation called Vincent that you can still see. It's on... I think it's on the Nightmare Before Christmas special edition. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but that got him a few gigs, and then this was his feature, feature film directorial debut, and then soon after... Did uh, did Beetlejuice, and then did, as a pretty Batman. untested director, did Batman, mm-hmm. considering that, you know, they could have hired Ridley Scott or somebody to do yeah. that, somebody with more of a action resume, an adventure resume, but, um, yeah, and it's kind of, uh, it's a good summer movie, it's a bicycle movie, it's a road trip movie, it'll make you want to go to a road trip and find all those cool gas stations with, like, giant dinosaurs and things like that, mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> And, and that tequila song will stick in your head for the next few weeks. But yeah, so that's our kids club this month. So we'll get a membership card. Kids get in for free for a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, next month in June, it's the end of June, will be The Last Unicorn. Which is a movie that in my brain, I remember it as like an R-rated heavy metal movie. But it's not. <laughs> I think I just saw it when I was a real little kid. And so it had kind of, like, a couple of... It's only rated PG, but I think it has a couple of, like, scary monsters in it. Right. And I think maybe around the same time, at much too young of an age, I saw a couple of movies, like, Heavy Metal and Rock and Rule. And so that, that era kind of blurs together in my brain of, like, a 10-year-old seeing cartoons that nobody stopped me from seeing because people just went, oh, it's a cartoon, that's fine. And, but, um, yeah, Last Unicorn's a great... Fantastical 80s film, uh, a young Jeff Bridges is in it, uh, 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 Christopher Lee is in it, mm-hmm. and for people of a certain age, uh, it's it's one of those kind of cornerstone movies that if you had on VHS, you probably watched over and over and over and over again, and so this will be a nice chance to see the, the digital restoration on the big screen. We showed it but on- We did ourselves. Yeah, we did <laughs> ourselves. We did it. We cleaned it up. We showed it on film a couple years back, and sadly, the the print was just messed up, Mm -hmm. and I saw it with a friend of mine who was kind of an expert, and she leaned over at the end and was like, there was like 15 minutes missing from that, and so like a 90-minute movie became 73 minutes, and uh, so yeah, so film enthusiasts always ask when we play an older film, is it on film, and so nope, this one's on digital. Uh, We do have one actual we do. Coming up. we do, yes. Um, about? About. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a, a, a one-two punch. Not only is it on film, but it's about film. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, out of print. Andrew is opening up some brownies. Andrew's opening up some yeah, brownies. Random a, a random, <laughs> random, brownie. random uh, brownie bag on here. <laughs> Eating. Remember, kids, when you find a bag of food, just eat it. It'll probably be fine. No, and you left these. These are all good. Oh, okay, these are good. They're safe brownies. And it probably hasn't poisoned us, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought with the brownie. <laughs> oh god, it's so unprofessional. Um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't
0: about? podcast with food in my mouth. Yeah, that's like the
1: number one rule. <laughs> that's the number one. If you podcast, people people freak out. I remember Kevin Smith. People always make fun of Kevin Smith because he has like smoking joints. He on He has the most. I really like his podcast, but it's the most unprofessional <laughs> podcast. Like. There's a dog in the background. Unlike ours. Unlike ours, yeah. There's a dog in the background. The phone's he's ringing. He's always telling his dog to shut up. Somebody's coming in from the front door. Somebody's, yeah. yeah like, like it's he's sneezing. He doesn't even try <laughs> to get away from it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's that's, um, so, out of print. I think Kevin Smith's in out of print. Yep. There you go. Back yep. on track. It's about the new Beverly. And uh, all kinds of cool nerds are in it. Uh, Seth Green's in it. Patton Oswalt's in it. John Landis, um, what's his name, the director of the next Star Wars film, uh, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, and uh, yeah. So if you're a film nerd, if you're a Mayfair nerd, you'll like this movie. And uh, I've gotten just as a gotten to be a, a, a friendly acquaintance with the director thanks to social media the last little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I chipped into the pod or to the um, the Kickstarter for this film a couple years ago now, three mm-hmm. years ago now. And so we were chatting on the old Facebook. Where are we chatting on? Yeah, the Facebook chat and so we're gonna we keep on meeting to do this, but we're gonna do this for real this time. We're gonna get Julia to be our first guest on the on podcast. finally podcast. Yeah, finally have, a, fir- finally have a, a guest on here. So she, she's out in um, she's in California, so there's a bit of a time zone difference. but sometime within the next couple of weeks we'll try to figure this out. So basically we just got to figure out a time that she's good for it. And then figure out the easiest way to do it. People keep on telling me Skype, and Skype is fine, but it kicks out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, even just through like the the, the Gmail phone or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife Gwen, she's smarter with all this stuff, and Andrew's pretty good with
0: this stuff. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: but that'll be fun. So Julia, who directed this film, and uh, she's doing all kinds of neat stuff now. Like she, I, I she was just in Joe Dante's latest film. I yeah, she's done a bit of acting. Yeah. Yeah. So. And she's, you know, she's one of us. She's a big time movie nerd. Yeah. She was at. What did I watch? I watched a documentary about VHS that I stumbled on at the library. It was just <laughs> sitting on the shelf, but it's a more recent film, and it was all about, um, yeah, people VHS in that era and so like And she's in it, so she's kind of got this nerd cred. Besides her directing this cool movie, she's she's like in a couple documentaries herself, kind of speaking up the the this corner of our of our pop culture universe but yeah so that should be good so i'm, I'm excited about that because i think that'll that'll kick us in the butt and then maybe we'll do this more because <laughs> especially anytime we show an independent film you know like we're, we're not going to get uh you know well you know we could try <laughs> we're not gonna get tom hanks on the podcast <laughs> but somebody like julia who is you know really trying to get her film out there and big on social media anything like this helps and so she can come on here and we can get the word out on her film a bit more so, yeah, and anytime a director kind of rolls through town or something like that, I think it's fun to have an extra uh, a guest on the show. Yep.
0: Yeah, we should uh, look into doing that on a regular basis. I was, speaking of Kevin
1: Smith, that's, that was a thought, because he's a big podcast nerd mm-hmm. and loves movies and stuff, and is, whatever you think of his films, and I admit, uh, I'm kind of more of a fan of him as a podcaster now than as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I just think he's a very good podcaster, storyteller, interviewer. And if we could get him and say, like, because I'm not sure, but because we screened Tusk, which I think is going to be the same distributor as Yoga, Yoga Hosers. Hosers.
0: So again... Are we showing?
1: Not yet. So don't quote me on this, but... You're going to try to... Yeah, be, be, because we screened... Red State, we screen Tusk. Mm-hmm. His last two. Yeah, so we're going to try and because it's unlikely that it'll go to like the the big old multiplexes. Mm-hmm. And we did very well with Tusk and not only that like Kevin Smith's really good about and I remember this this tweet where he was like cuz he's a big big fan of us, he's a big fan of Canada. And he was like so excited to have Tusk screening in our nation's capital tonight. So maybe he might be willing to, you know, come on for 15 minutes and talk about yoga hosers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or we could get uh his kid and johnny depp's kid to come on and talk about yoga (laughs) hosers but uh but yeah so that'll be fun so that's something we got to get on top of figuring out a time and get julie on to be our
0: our our first guest here on the mayfair theater podcast but uh yeah how we do for time there we were um, i think we're getting ready to wrap up we should probably mention uh we have a couple of other uh, exciting films coming down the pike. We have Green Room starting oh, on June third. June third. Yes. This is a really uh, insane film that you must see if you were a if you were a fan of the director's last film, Blue Ruin. Uh, Blue Ruin is good. Blue Ruin's fantastic. This movie's fantastic. Not just for the faint of heart. Even just the poster, and I can't remember
1: the quote, but the poster, one of the posters, the one that that we used for our slideshow here. It's just kind of like a close up of Patrick Stewart as an evil neo-Nazi yeah, leader. Like looking through a door and it says something like I don't care what you did, I don't care what you think you're going to do. Yeah, this I'm, won't end well. This won't end well. And I could picture Patrick Stewart saying that. And it's so funny cuz he he does have a diverse resume as anyone, but of course he's known as Captain Picard, he's known as Professor X, and known kind of as Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. So I know he's played villains before, but this is, like, a real hefty villainous role Mm -hmm. that isn't just the normal movie villain. Like, this is a neo-Nazi. Yeah. And it just, like... Yeah, I don't think it quite... I don't know. Genres are funny. But not quite a horror film, but, like, a thriller. Like a a cat-and-mouse thriller. Does that work, you think? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a good way of putting
1: it. And it's he and uh, Anton Yelchin is the... Lead? Is he the lead in the movie?
0: Yeah, it's this um group of young... Uh, it's this young punk band who make the mistake of taking a gig at a Portland, Oregon bar that's really a compound for this neo-Nazi drug-dealing gang. Yeah. And they witness something they shouldn't and then they get held hostage there and they yeah. have to figure out oh, God, how to I get out to of there yeah. uh, with all their limbs intact.
1: And you said it gets the... Uh, I think a couple weeks ago you said it gets the Gwen... Don't go see it. See a yeah, him, Gwen. Uh, Gwen can't go your, see your it. Your wife will probably be covering her eyes a lot. She doesn't like horror films. She doesn't like scary films. Yeah. but she loves Patrick Stewart. So I'm trying to peer pressure her into this. I think I can maybe yeah yeah come out. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm so glad we got that because we we, mm-hmm. we, had, we had so many people asking us. I want to see start. it
0: again. I want to. I've yeah. seen it. Uh, gotta see it a second time.
1: And uh, the other one, another, we have... It's a Canadian film. June 10th. We have, not, not
0: Green Room, but Green uh, Room. the other film we have coming up on the 10th. The 10th, yeah. What's it called? Sleeping Giant. Sleeping Giant. It's won a whole bunch of awards.
1: Um, no difficulty in finding good quotes to put up on the Twitter and Facebook about it. Yeah,
0: apparently it's been compared to Boyhood. Yeah. It's like the Canadian answer to Boyhood.
1: Yeah, and it just looks like a, yeah, it's like a Canadian coming-of-age story and... Won a bunch of awards here in Canada, and, mm-hmm. and big, big, uh, big buzz around it for the filmmaker. And, yeah, so it's nice that we got that. We always love showing, we show a ton of Canadian films, mm-hmm. and we always hope people come out and support, because then you're, you're kind of, you're double down. You're supporting a Canadian independent cinema and a Canadian independent movie. Yeah. All at the same time. Uh, the other one that's a bit down the line, but I'm going to mention over and over again, is that we have, uh. Taika Waititi's new movie coming up, The uh, the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. And I love Taika Waititi. Uh, I loved his film Boy and his other film Eagle vs. Shark. And I love the TV show Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. Very talented guy. Um, this is his third New Zealand film. He's done a bunch of short films as well that is also that I haven't seen but have won a whole bunch of awards and he's taking the big step up to Hollywood and he's directing the next Thor film that ah, okay. they just announced a bunch of the actors for and it's like Jeff Goldblum's going to be in it as Thor as Thor <laughs> yeah Mark Ruffalo's going to be in it they fired poor old Crims uh,
0: H- Helmsworth yeah they're like I, I do uh, with Jeff Goldblum
1: you're pretty good but we want Goldblum Thor <laughs> I would pay money to see Jeff Goldblum
0: play I I can't quite get the hammer out <laughs>
1: It would just be him, like wearing a Jeff Goldblum suit, you know, yeah, with a pair of yeah. glasses, kind of like trying to pick up the hammer, can't quite really do it. Talking about chaos theory. <laughs> I right, mean, my friend, my friend Lauren is the biggest Jeff Goldblum fan in the world, and I know she'd pay money to see Jeff Goldblum pay Thor. When I I was in New York a couple years ago, was it? I was in two. I was in New York two years in a row, last two December's, and the the two years ago, walking down the street. And, you know, you ever see somebody and you think either it's your friend or, like, a celebrity, and just for Mm -hmm. a second, you're like, oh, no, it's not. I was 100% sure that Jeff Goldblum was walking just in front of Gwen and I, just Mm -hmm. walking down the street. And it could happen. I don't know where he lives, but I'm sure he spends time in New York. He could have been there, you know, going on Letterman or something. And all I could think of, like, oh, my God, I got to get a picture with him. My friend's going to kill me. (laughs) Because he seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't mind taking a picture. And I could just rub it in. i like, yeah, me and my best friend Jeff Goldblum hanging out in uh, in New York City. But uh, yeah, I love um, I love that he's always Jeff Goldblum. I love that he's yeah. He plays different characters sometimes good, sometimes evil. But he's always got that 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 patter in his voice and that kind of almost stuttering, whatever it is. But the awkwardness. Yes. But he's not in the movie I'm talking about. No. <laughs> but, but the director, uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, so yeah, come see Wilder People. And we what a have great have... name. I know. It, so Now I have it down, so I say it all the time, because yeah. I, I know how to say it. But for a while, you look at it, and you're like, oh, there's a lot of vowels in that name. But so yeah, check our schedule. We've got a long list of, of premieres and cool coming soon. Yep,
0: covering most of the summer.
1: Yeah, and uh, more coming all the time, and... Uh, what was the other thing oh uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons next month the much requested always people bothering us about Uh, I have to go to the grocery store tomorrow because I think they have a sale on on Cocoa Puffs on Cocoa Puffs on chocolate uh, Lucky Charms Count Chocula so I gotta go buy like 60 boxes of I love it you you go buy 60 boxes of cereal they don't even blink they don't care (laughs) they think they'd be like why (laughs) are you buying they've seen it all why are you buying 60 boxes of cereal no one cares But, yeah, so that's coming up to check our schedule for Showtimes. And we probably should wrap up because we have another movie showing and we got to go sell popcorn and tickets. we got to go do our jobs. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Go check out our friends at uh, House of Tar across the street. They've got a new Ghostbusters game that's super awesome. And um, I'm just listening to podcasts all the time. But I do have... What did I just download? Oh, I just got... Um Oh my god, my mind's blanking. From Mary Poppins. The guy. The guy who acted in Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke? Dick Van Dyke. They have a Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, uh, autobiography book. Oh, okay. So I'm sure. Sh- yeah, no, not a target. There's a Dick Van Dyke pinball machine. <laughs> I thought targ. you were gonna say there was a <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to gracefully slide over to our plugging for audiobooks and I couldn't figure out Dick Van Dyke's name. But uh yeah, he's got an audiobook, which I'm sure talks about all kinds of uh, movie magic. He's still alive. He's like 100. Not only is he alive and 100, but he's still. He like, looks really good for his age. He's still like dancing and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's still working.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's, what's the Audible? Audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. Yeah, go get a free Dick Van Dyke book and learn how to live
1: to 100 and yeah. dance on Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, man, so we're doing this on a Monday. So we get like a week week and a half break now. <laughs> yep. This just worked out well. So, uh, yeah, so, thanks for listening again. Just tune in next week. Yep. And, uh, we're gonna go sell some tickets for a movie that people better come to because it's too nice outside and no yes. one's coming. <laughs> yeah. We're being beaten by the weather. All right. Bye, See everybody. you next time.